on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Don't on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Don't on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. All right, hello everybody. I'm going to get right to it today. January 18, 2017. One year ago and one day is the one-year anniversary of the Stone On Air music, local music performance show. Debuted on a crappy radio station locally in town. One year later, it's a podcast. My name is Brian Stone. Yeah, I don't like yours either. The 44th President of the United States, Barack Obama, addressed the nation one week ago. In 10 days, the world will witness a hallmark of our democracy. No, 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 no. The peaceful transfer of power from one freely elected president to the next. I committed to President-elect Trump that my administration would ensure the smoothest possible transition, just as President Bush did for me. I am going to get right to it today. Um, I have mentioned on social media once, maybe twice recently, or maybe it was Twitter, hell, I don't remember, that I am giving you the opportunity with little resistance at least personally directed towards you to be happy about your political choices and and the political future at least the immediate future of the United States of America I've I've given you that opportunity without attacking you I am asking you to give me the same kind of respect as I look back and admire a man who is on his way out in less than two days here as we are in the middle of the week of the final week of the presidency, the administration of Barack Obama. So I'm going to play a handful of clips in Stone's Throw coming up here in just a few minutes from um, speeches leading up to his presidency in 2008 and his reelection in 2012. And then um, some clips from his farewell speech that was a week ago. And you can say, well, I was a week ago. Well, why are you doing it now? Well, because there's only two days left. OK, and then he's gone. And then last week. I had the Bonnaroo announcement and the Times Free Press, Facebook Live, and other stuff going on. So that'll be coming up here in just a couple of minutes. But we'll start off with the open here. Uh, my name is Brian. This is a podcast. If you found it, you likely already knew that. And it used to be a radio show. And it used to be uh, focusing on local music. And then I worked Monday through Friday during the week in a lot of different capacities on a uh, talk radio format a uh, low wattage kind of crappy station here in town dominated by uh, a bunch of old dudes dominated meaning they've taken control not because they do all that well but 
that went away back in June, and so it's been a very interesting year. And and the one year anniversary of that show was yesterday, the seventeenth of January, and it kind of got me in a little bit of a mood. Same week that uh, the president's on his way out, same week that we hand over the, the, the keys and we begin this movie of the, the, the Trump administration. And I just figured real quick I'd look back at the last year and then I'll get to, um, to, to clips from the president over the last 8 to 12 years or so. But at the end of 2015, there were some, some, some things in my life that were I was moving on from. And just, uh, you know, life stuff. We all have it. No big deal. And I had a lot of fire, man. I had a lot of energy coming out of 2015 and I had made some adjustments at the radio station and I was ready for this new show and as soon as it started like literally the week one year ago this week a lot of those things I thought I got away from yes it's about a girl kind of came back around and it took about three and a half weeks excuse me three and a half months to realize that that wasn't a thing and it was a big waste of time I'm not pointing fingers are going to be nasty about it, but it was a major waste of time and a waste of emotions. As that first quarter of 2016, I was kind of an emotional mess, but it didn't really matter because I am good at focusing on what is important. And to me, my work is is the most important thing that I do on a daily basis. We uh, had a, a good show. Tara V and Nathan Gale helped me. We had good content, good guests, uh, good planning, preparation, uh, great film work and YouTube channel from Nate. Uh, production and contributions from Tara V and other people in the in the in the community. It was it was really good. And and, and as I mentioned, an industry uh, dominated by old people, dominated by laziness, dominated by apathy, filled with people who would literally rather be doing anything else. The radio industry is a drag, man. And um, amongst all that, this show was a little gem. It was, and allow me to boast, I don't do much well, but this kind of things, radio production and execution and preparation, I'm, I'm actually very good at, and I don't mind saying it out loud. As the year went along, in the weirdest, most bizarre year of my already incredibly weird life, warming up, getting into the summertime, festival season kind of gets me back in a better pep in my step, feeling better about things, and I'm able to start focusing again on what matters most, and that's my work. And come mid-June at Bonnaroo, my favorite second, probably my second favorite month of the year, April being the first, my favorite, and then June being the second, a career highlight for me. At Bonnaroo, I was able to do an hour of live of a live radio show at Bonnaroo back here to the old crappy radio station. No net, flying live. It was, it could have been a disaster. But once again, I again, I'm, I'm pretty good at this stuff, and it went off really well, and man, was it fun. And that same weekend was able to do a, um, a, a, a live show, a two-hour show on 101.5 in Manchester uh, FM radio station, all live backstage Bonnaroo, literally career highlights and things that I, would, uh, I will remember for the rest of my life. One week later, I was fired. <laughs> I was fired literally one week later from the job that I spent my entire life trying to get deliberate and focused on the specific job that I had I spent nearly 15 years deciding that that's the job I want and I'm gonna go get it I didn't fall into anything I didn't get lucky the right person didn't come in my path at the right time I decided what I wanted to do and I did it on June 24th Cumulus Media eliminated me from their future plans in July I started a podcast I was very candid, brash, and bold, and uh, was very um, 
uh, I, I attacked my old employer. I attacked uh, lots of uh, other uh, similar entities in town. And at, for the most part, I have ended all traditional radio opportunities for myself in this town. There's uh, Rock 105. I had an opportunity. It went away because of content dictation. The Fault 93.9, excuse me, Alt 93.9, there was talks about doing that. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. I'm not really interested in being paid poverty-level wages anymore, so I'm not exactly worried about it. Also in July, Dr. B, Gary Haskew, a dear friend and a lifelong uh, community involvement with the radio station and other things, just a beloved character, he died. And so that was another thing that was an awful, uh, awful drag. August was a drag, of course, the dog days of summer. September and October, I got this idea of taking this show down to the Chattanooga market. Actually got some pretty good response, but not quite the response I was expecting. Meaning, I didn't know what I was expecting, to be honest with you. But um, went down there every week. It was a lot of work, but it was it was pretty fun. And I met some cool people, and we did some cool things. November into December, started questioning what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. What the future holds, all those same kind of things that everybody does when you get into any point in your life where you start to wonder why the hell it is you do anything you do. And then by the end of the year, it was just like, let's just start setting goals for the new year here in 2017. And now that's where January is. I have more shows lined up. I have new motivation. The question is, can I hold that motivation? And I think that's a a struggle that we all have in life. And uh, that's what I'm working on going into 2017. Rick Rushing coming up this weekend. Uh, Next week, Robert T. Nash. A couple weeks after that, Wayne White recording live down at Wayne-O-Rama and a whole lot of other stuff going into the new year. The first segment of the show is Stone's Throw. Heads up. It's Stone's Throw. What? What? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. Beep. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? I will once again ask you to please give me the opportunity to admire a man on his way out the door. I have given most people the opportunity, meaning not directly going after attacking or debating or arguing with anybody on social media. Now, do I put some stuff out on Twitter that's very matter-of-fact? Yes, but I've left people alone who have shown their support for other candidates, and we all know who specifically I'm talking about. But for my lifetime, I am couldn't be more honored to have been in the prime of my life during what I believe will be looked at as one of the more um, incredible presidential administrations in uh, at least certain points of history. Um, we're not really that old of a country. We act like, you know, it's so long ago, you know, and when the, when the rest of the world has been doing things for thousands and hundreds and thousands of years longer than us, um, we de- tend to think through American exceptionalism that it's all about us and nobody else knows what's going on. So in, in the grand scheme of things, we've only been here for a little while. But I do believe that history will reflect fondly on the years between 2009 and 2016, where we had been, where we got to, where we went, and where it finished. And President Barack Obama is not the singular force behind that, but there was a level of cultural change that you cannot deny. And the groundwork for this eventual presidency began at the Democratic National Convention back in 2004. For alongside our famous individualism, 
there's another ingredient in the American saga, a belief that we're all connected as one people. If there's a child on the south side of Chicago who can't read, that matters to me even if it's not my child. If there's a senior citizen somewhere who can't pay for their prescription drugs and having to choose between medicine and the rent, that makes my life poorer even if it's not my grandparent. If there's an Arab-American family being rounded up without benefit of an attorney or due process, that threatens my civil liberties. It is that fundamental belief, I am my brother's keeper, I am my sister's keeper, that makes this country work. It's what allows us to pursue our individual dreams and yet still come together as one American family. There is not a liberal America and a conservative America. There is the United States of America. There is not a black America and a white America and Latino America and Asian America. There's the United States of America. Then Senator Barack Obama at the DNC kind of laying the groundwork for the kind of speaker that he would um, eventually be, whether you like him or not, you do have to admit that he commands a crowd well. Um, a lot of people will make the argument that he is uh, smoking mirrors and he's just he, he's 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 good at motivation, but actually getting things done, um, not so much, or at least how he goes about doing it, people don't necessarily agree with. Well, more than half of the country doesn't think that way. Um, and as a matter of fact, 64, almost 65 million of them um, for sure don't think that way. Over the next two and a half to three years, President Barack Obama would become a viable and serious candidate for the president of the United States with the mess that was the economy on the brink of collapse. The wars in the Middle East are absolute quagmires going nowhere. A lot of campaign battle cries, slogans and rallying cries, one of them being, yes, we can. This is from the campaign trail in early 2008. For when we have faced down impossible odds, when we've been told we're not ready, or that we shouldn't try, or that we can't, generations of Americans have responded with a simple creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. It was a creed written into the founding documents Yes, we can to opportunity and prosperity. Yes, we can heal this nation. Yes, we can repair this world. Yes, we can. We will remember that there is something happening in America, that we are not as divided as our politics suggest, that we are one people, we are one nation, and together we will begin the next great chapter in the American story with three words that will ring from coast to coast, from sea to shining sea. Yes, we can. Thank you. Part of the problem that Republicans have had in the last couple of election cycles is uh, that they haven't really been able to come up with much of a viable candidate. And so that's a conversation when you talk political strategy. You know, that's a conversation you have when you're watching CNN or MSNBC or Fox News or whatever, when you have discussions that involve strategy and planning almost as if it were like some kind of game, like some kind of like a football game or something where you where you break down X's and O's. I like to think of it more on a 
uh, a real level when people say, well, so-and-so is a good businessman. Oh, this man, we need to run this country like a business. Uh, Listen, dudes, no, this is not a business. I am not an LLC. I'm not a corporation. I am not a number. I'm a person. I live a life. This is my freaking life. So I'm worried about who the right person is to help my ideology for sure, but my life and people who I care about and their life. In 2008, America made history and elected the first African-American man as president of the United States. In his election night acceptance speech, he references a woman from the Deep South who was 106 years old in November of 2008. When the bombs fell on our harbor, and tyranny threatened the world. She was there to witness a generation rise to greatness and a democracy was saved. Yes, we can. She was there for the buses in Montgomery, the hoses in Birmingham, a bridge in Selma, and a preacher from Atlanta who told the people that we shall overcome. Yes, we can. A man touched down on the moon. A wall came down in Berlin. A world was connected by our own science and imagination. And this year, in this election, she touched her finger to a screen and cast her vote. Because after 106 years in America, she knows how America can change. Yes, we can. America, we have come so far. We have seen so much. But there's so much more to do. This is our moment. This is our time to put our people back to work and open doors of opportunity for our kids, to restore prosperity and promote the cause of peace, to reclaim the American dream and reaffirm that fundamental truth that out of many we are one, that while we breathe we hope, and where we are met with cynicism and doubt and those who tell us that we can't, we will respond with that timeless creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, we can. Thank you. God bless you, and may God bless the United States of America. Over the course of the next couple of years, the Democrats would have complete control over the House and Senate. Admittedly, I I would say, and maybe many close to the administration would say, not enough was done in the course of those two years when you had that much c- control. Over the next four years after that, control would continue to dwindle, but in November of 2012, Barack Obama was reelected as president of the United States. I believe we can keep the promise of our founding. The idea that if you're willing to work hard, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what you look like. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white or Hispanic or Asian or Native American or young or old or rich or poor, able, disabled, gay or straight. You can make it here in America if you're willing to try. We are and forever will be the United States of America. And together, with your help and God's grace, we will continue our journey forward and remind the world just why it is that we live in the greatest nation on earth. Thank you, America. God bless you. God bless these United States. November 2012 in Chicago. I remember watching that live. It was around 1.30 in the morning, went till about 2 or so, and just feeling just incredible. I mean, listening to it again brings me back of just incredible 
uh, a rush of um, of pride and a rush of 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 just amazing feelings of maybe maybe things are actually going to end up being okay. And of course, we always overreact whether it is in too much excitement or too much doom and gloom. Um, things change. We adapt to them as Americans, what you have to do, and you go along from there. But that was an incredible night, and in the next four years were difficult for the president. And um, some of his legacy will be debated for all, years and years, and some will be just trashed by people because they hate him. It, we become a very divisive nation. And as I play some of the clips from his farewell address from last week, I want to understand where this narrative is, that why this narrative is, and this rhetoric of this man was divisive. The president of the United States, Barack Obama, the first black man to be president, he was so divisive. He was dividing the country. So we'll talk about that more in the final segment of this week's Stone's Throw, and I'll give you some updates on the show going forward. This is Stevie Wonder, signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. The tune played on the stage as Michelle Obama and President Obama and his two girls and Joe Biden and Jill Biden were hanging out on the stage celebrating the re-election back in 2012. My name is Brian Stone, and this is the most listened to, most downloaded, and most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. Like, share, always love, rate, and review whenever you get a chance. This is the Stone On Air Podcast. Coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. Yes, our progress has been uneven. The work of democracy has always been hard. It's always been contentious. For every two steps forward, it often feels we take one step back. But the long sweep of America has been defined by forward motion, a constant widening of our founding creed to embrace all not just some. I had a dream that you were You are back with the Stone on Air podcast. President Obama in his farewell address from last week, which I'll play you some more cuts here in just a few minutes. It was about a week ago. We're now two days away from the official transfer of power. Thank you for finding the podcast, however, as you... However it is that you do, it's the most accessible podcast in the city. It's the most downloaded and most listened to podcast in the Southeast. I will give the credit to Brad Steiner once again from Hits 96. This is Hamilton Lighthouser, along with Rostam, I think they call him, from Vampire Weekend. Songs called 1,000 Times. The album's called I Had a Dream, You Were Mine, and I Had That Dream 1,000 Times. Unfortunately, missing from the Bonnaroo lineup, but you will find him on the Shaky Knees lineup down in Atlanta. At Stone on Air, at Stone on Air on all social medias. Hit me up.
I'm really having trouble figuring out exactly where this narrative came from and why it became such a regular screaming point for so many haters and so many people that just reveled in the uh, anything that was perceived as as negative for the president. I mean, Chuck Fleischman, that D-bag that is our third congressional district representative, wouldn't even show up. He was in town, or if he he might have made sure that he got out of town in some bull spit kind of way, like, oh, I had to go do something. Sure you did, dude. Didn't even go to the VW plant when uh, President Obama was uh, in town here in Chattanooga. And the guy wasn't even up. He had already won re-election. So it's not like he was going to have to run, meaning the president, run again. This narrative that this man is divisive, not happening. It's not true. It's fake. It's not real. From the farewell address last week, a lot of good things happened in the last eight years. And more than just listed here, President Barack Obama. If I had told you eight years ago that America would reverse a great recession, reboot our auto industry, and unleash the longest stretch of job creation in our history, if I had told you that we would open up a new chapter with the Cuban people, shut down Iran's nuclear weapons program without firing a shot, take out the mastermind of 9-11. If I had told you that we would win marriage equality and secure the right to health insurance for another 20 million of our fellow citizens, if I had told you all that, you might have said our sights were set a little too high. But that's what we did. And that is what we did. That's what he did. That's what the administration did. Opponents of the Iran deal say it's the worst thing ever. Of course, most people walking around can't explain to you why. It's the same concept of ask a 40-year-old or younger why they dislike Jimmy Carter, and they can't tell you why. They've just been told that they're not supposed to like him. It's the same kind of thing. I don't like the Iran deal. Why? Uh, 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 yeah, well, uh, he's a... You know, you know how that all goes. For democracy to win, everybody has to have a chance. To begin with, our democracy won't work without a sense that everyone has economic opportunity. And the good news is that today the economy is growing again. Wages, incomes, home values, and retirement accounts are all rising again. Poverty is falling again. The wealthy are paying a fair share of taxes, even as the stock market shatters records. The unemployment rate is near a 10-year low. The uninsured rate has never, ever been lower. And I've said, and I mean it, if anyone can put together a plan that is demonstrably better than the improvements we've made to our healthcare system that covers as many people at less cost, I will publicly support it. And that's going to be the first big piece of legislation uh, switcheroo that... Uh, that the, the, the current or the, the soon-to-be administration is going to have on their plate because, because even as many Republicans have said, slow down, we don't need to do this before we've even taken office, Don Trump and his um, cabinet that he's putting together doesn't care what other Republicans have to say, and, and that's going to happen 
right now. I foolishly, many, many years ago, on an MLK day, as a matter of fact, doing some filling work at Talk Radio 102.3, said that I didn't believe that there was many racism, there was that there was as many racists in this culture as people said there were. Well, that was a very foolish statement. Maybe it didn't seem like it then, but there certainly is now. There's a second threat to our democracy, and this one is as old as our nation itself. After my election, there was talk of a post-racial America. And such a vision, however well-intended, was never realistic. Race remains a potent and often divisive force in our society. Race relations are better than they were 10 or 20 or 30 years ago, no matter what some folks say. You can see it not just in statistics. You see it in the attitudes of young Americans across the political spectrum. But we're not where we need to be. If every economic issue is framed as a struggle between a hardworking white middle class and an undeserving minority, then workers of all shades are going to be left fighting for scraps while the wealthy withdraw further into their private enclaves. Now, I could have done this for hours and hours and hours if I wanted to, but I think brevity is a very key point to a podcast, so I'll end with one more clip and then be done. We have racism in this country at an all-time high, I believe. Again, I was foolish years ago when I didn't think so. I work with people who are total racist. I hear the N-word on a regular uh, occasion. I know black people that hate whites. I know whites that hate blacks. Who would have thought it took a black man to be president for this country to be so damn racist? The final clip for the podcast today, if you're tired of arguing on the internet, stop. And hey, if you want to fix things, maybe you should run for office yourself. If you're tired of arguing with strangers on the internet, try talking with one of them in real life. If something needs fixing, then lace up your shoes and do some organizing. If you're disappointed by your elected officials, grab a clipboard, get some signatures, and run for office yourself. Show up. Dive in. Stay at it. Sometimes you'll win. Sometimes you'll lose. Presuming a reservoir of goodness in other people, that can be a risk. And there will be times when the process will disappoint you. For those of us fortunate enough to have been part of this work and to see it up close, let me tell you, it can energize and inspire. And more often than not, your faith in America and in Americans will be confirmed. Mine sure has been. That's a bold statement from the 44th President of the United States of America. I don't have a whole lot of faith in the human condition on a normal basis all that much, but I certainly do appreciate him and the eight years that him and Joe Biden and his wife Michelle and Joe's wife Jill and everybody involved did. And if, if there is one scenario where you can sit there and say, maybe you can do anything you want, which I firmly believe that you can't. You can't just do anything you want if you put your mind to it. It's a bogus statement. But Barack Hussein Obama, 20 years ago, had no thoughts of ever being president. 15 years ago didn't have a realistic thought of being a president most of your presidents over the course of the last I don't know I guess all of them 240 odd years most of them 
the thought was, well, maybe we can put you in a position to be president. He wasn't one of those. And so if that does restore some faith, then then good for you. It should. Still difficult at times. And we're about to move into a, a new movie and a new, and a, and a new situation here. That is certainly cause for apprehension. But we'll go from here and figure out what to do. We're all Americans. We adjust. We adapt. We move along. My name is Brian Stone. This is the most listened to, most downloaded, and most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. Thank you for finding it. Like, share, always love, review, and rate whenever you get a chance. Rick Rushing coming up this Sunday. Next week on the 26th, Robert T. Nash. And later on this month and into early next month, Wayne White down at Wayne Arama. A lot of fun stuff happening this year. I appreciate you guys finding the show. And do not be a fraud. The truth is easy to remember and continue in 2017 to watch this space. We'll see you later. Bye. What if we're still doing this when we're 50? It would be nice to have that kind of job security. Stoneonair.com.